0: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
1: Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network as we come to you from the... Near Southside Historic District in beautiful downtown Grand Forks, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, priests from the Diocese of Fargo, joining you. Good morning, Father Leffer. Good morning, Father Gross. It seems like barely a short time
2: ago that we were here doing this exact same thing.
1: Exactly. We were uh, on last week, about a week ago today, uh, for the live drive, and now we're back to our normal programming, and, and very pleased to be with you today. Um, I, As I was listening to the program yesterday, I heard that my uh, uh, first cousin, Father Brian Gross from the Diocese of Bismarck, was hosting, so apologies to our listeners and Real Presence Radio for getting grossed out during these <laughs> Ooh, days. Boom, boom, I see what you did there. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) but it's a it's a privilege to be with you today and we've got some wonderful conversations on tap before we dive into those father if i could call upon you to get us started on the right foot with prayer today
2: absolutely in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen god our father in heaven we praise you we worship you we adore you we glorify you may we be your great glory Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit, Lord, and giver of life, into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. Help us to hear your word, Jesus Christ, proclaimed through these airwaves. May he transform us into the image and likeness you have created us to be. We ask all this
1: through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Teresa of Avila. Pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's a great moniker when you offer mass today. She's referred to as Saint Teresa of Jesus. It's almost like everybody else's chopped liver, you know. <laughs> Check out the name that I've been given.
2: <laughs> then you have Teresa of Lusu, who's of the the face of Jesus. She's the the child of the face of Jesus, so yes. Teresa's got Jesus in the corner.
1: <laughs> right, right. If you if you have uh, Teresa in your corner, you've got a lot of pull there. And, and we'll be talking about Teresa of Avila a little bit later. too. And then
2: you have uh, Mother Teresa, who referred to as Teresa of Avila as the big Teresa and and the little Teresa Trezza. <laughs> she, she reminds people,
1: I was named after the little Teresa, not the big Teresa. <laughs> We have to keep our Teresa's straight uh, within, uh, within uh, the saints and in the role in the canon of saints. Well, um, speaking of saints, we're going to be visiting about the wonderful heritage of St. Francis of Assisi and a Franciscan who is in our midst in the Diocese of Fargo. Father Joseph Christensen is on the line. Welcome to Real Presence Live.
0: Thank you. Good morning, Father Gross. Good morning, Father Leffer. How are you?
1: Doing very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here with us uh, to, to visit with you a little bit and find out about the wonderful work that you're doing in our midst. Uh, can you start out by telling us uh, a little bit about yourself and how it is that you um, uh, got here uh, uh, from from where you came from, which was a very different place than uh, rural North Dakota?
0: Yes, yes. I So I'm I, uh, from a family of 12 children, grew up uh, Catholic, uh, in Essexville, Michigan, uh, which is about a couple hours north of Detroit, and kind I'm of on the east side by the Saginaw Bay, uh, located by the Saginaw River, which also runs due north in the Saginaw Valley. So there's a lot of similarities. We had a sugar beet factory in town, a potato chip factory in town, and a lot of other.
2: <laughs> other so you're familiar with the smells.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, kind of familiar, uh, similar in that way. Maybe a greater population and a few more trees naturally, but. Uh, Um, Mm -hmm. And then Bishop uh, Sullivan, God rest his soul, uh, is the one who got me out here. I always say God, but it was through Bishop Sullivan uh, that I came to the diocese and was ordained in 97. And he was from Michigan as well. He was also, yeah, right. And we can't forget Father (laughs) LaCroix. Father Charles (laughs) LaCroix, one of our our brothers in Christ from Detroit. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so God uh, brought me here and... uh, Desiring to Live a Franciscan Way of Life in 2011 under now Archbishop Aquila that I was uh, founded at the cathedral. And I think, Father Gross, you were there. I think you're in the photo. I could be wrong. Maybe Well, that very different.
1: well could be, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, um, and so the next day, moved up here to Warsaw uh, to uh, have the community uh, by near the St. John home. And our community keeps... Uh, Polish customs and traditions. We pray some in Polish and um, keep the uh, vigilia or the vigil of Christmas. Uh, it was a big uh, meal and reading through the uh, narration of the birth of Christ and while singing a Polish Christmas carol that pertains to that, uh, reading a few lines and singing a carol and so forth and then uh, blessing the food and having a, a big 12 course meatless meal, because we keep the meatless uh, from November 2nd through uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, We keep that fast. St. Francis kept seven 40-day fasts.
2: (laughs) So, Father, it's possible if if you're observing some kind of fast of meat for 40 days for that, you could go 80 days without meat.
0: (laughs) We could, we could, yeah, yeah. But when it came to uh, Christmas, one of the friars complained because it (laughs) fell on a Friday, and obviously, back in the day, they are very strict with the with the fast, It fell on a Friday, and he complained, you know that we shouldn't have meat, Saint Francis said, plaster the walls with meats because it was a, the the splendidity and Christmas he loved the incarnation of Christ Saint Francis did, so yes,
1: yes, and his devotion to nativity scenes and crushes, I think a lot of that is detri- is attributed to the to the, the Franciscan uh, charism as well
0: right he re- reenacted it in the hills of Greccio. Uh, having live animals and live people to play the parts, right? Because he he wanted to re-enkindle the the love of God in people's hearts, you know, at the beginning of the Renaissance, so many people turning kind of toward themselves or towards just wealth, and so he wanted to help turn them back towards God by meditating on the birth of Christ, Christ in in humanity. And just uh, quickly, too, you mentioned uh, St. Teresa of of Jesus, today's uh, saint, patron saint, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she mentioned that at all graces, uh, flow through the humanity of Christ, and so it is very important.
2: So, Father Joseph, for you personally, what, um, why Franciscan? Why not Dominican? Why not Benedictine? What what was the, the, the call or the appeal, or how did Francis capture your heart?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, part of it, because I knew a Franciscan priest who really was a great priest, a great preacher, and um, really lived a Franciscan life of poor, you know, so the I think the the simplicity, the poverty. I grew up in a family of twelve, so we didn't always have a lot. <laughs> we always had enough, you know. Uh, but um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't wealth, so that's for sure. And so, it, it it really prepared me, and and maybe formed my heart in that sense. And you know, community. Uh, obviously, I think you know, growing up in a large family too. You know, we we were like the. The kool-aid commercial you know all the kids come over a, want, What it uh, what
1: what order football. what father what order were you in 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 the, among the siblings
0: a number eight down from the top okay number eight
1: yeah very
0: good uh, then four four younger than i yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah just that simplicity poverty community uh, is which I never really had a great devotion to St. Francis. You know, he was one saint amongst many, and, you know, a great saint, and you always see him pictured with the animals and, and so forth. I didn't necessarily—I had a great devotion to St. Joseph, and thus the name Joseph, Father Joseph. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but anyway, you know, growing older and, and discerning my vocation, I I was just very attracted uh, to these aspects of penance, prayer, uh, simplicity, community. So.
1: And you mentioned just a moment ago, Father, that you're in residence in Warsaw. We have a pretty, as you know, um, uh, far-flung listening area here on Real Presence Radio. So yeah. if you could just tell some of our listeners about that uh, wonderful heritage of faith in the, the Warsaw and Walsh County area, um, what is it about that area that uh, that you really appreciate?
0: Well, it's actually the most Catholics per capita in this county, than in the whole state, Uh so you have the the Czechs and the Polish and Irish and I'm sure others but um, uh, you know the Polish people they settled here in Warsaw and there's no river and no train track that ever ran through here which is unusual It's you know the wagon wheel fell off and this is where they settled <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> The faith, official you know, history <laughs> reads that way right, <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. but just the deep deep faith, amazing and you know faith in action you know they they built this church with their own hands. It's called the Cathedral of the Prairies, nicknamed.
1: Mm-hmm. Originally,
0: it held 950 people. It only holds less because after the fire that was in it in 79, they put less pews in because there was less people around. So, But it it, it, it would be able to hold 950 people. I mean, it's bigger than our cathedral. They yeah. built it with their own hands. They mortgaged their farms. They would farm in the morning. They'd come in the afternoon and work on the church. You know, they do the planting and so forth, and they come— and they built this church in thirteen months. Wow! The bishop came, and laid the cornerstone in uh, May of two thousand uh, of nineteen hundred, and in nineteen oh one, June of nineteen oh one, he came and consecrated the church. There was four thousand people wow. here for the Fantastic. for the consecration. No, and this was the largest parish in the whole state for a long for twenty some years. Wow.
2: You know, it's called the cathedral for, for a reason, you know, not necessarily because of the chair, but, th- you know, there's kind of a unique story about the, the paint in there. Do you know, Do you, can you just give us a brief what uh, how it got painted or didn't some kind of person show up miraculously and paint the inside or something like that?
0: Oh, that could be fun. You can put me on the okay. spot. And I didn't mean to I, put I'm you on sure. the spot,
2: but I I remember one yeah. years ago I was there and, mm-hmm. and a person gave me a tour about how right. this is it's almost one of those they didn't have anybody to do it and and this person showed up and did it and disappeared and nobody ever knew. Who it was? It was kind of like a miraculous story. But anyway,
1: wow. fantastic! Okay. Yes, and this is Saint Stanislaus Parish in Warsaw, North Dakota, which is part of right. a cluster with Sacred Heart Parish in Minto. Shout out Minto. to their pastor, Father Brian Mon. Uh So, yeah. for those who are traveling north of Grand Forks on Interstate 29, uh, the steeple of the church is visible for miles around, and from the freeway, just a couple of miles to the west. Um, off of that exit uh, on Interstate 29, and that's where you're coming to us uh, uh, today Is um, a Franciscan, uh, Franciscan friar and a brother priest of ours within the Diocese of Fargo. We wanted to hear a little bit more about, uh, and we're going to have to step aside for a break in just a couple of minutes, but we wanted to hear a little bit more about St. Francis of Assisi and um, some of the particular charisms that really are important uh, to you that we should know about. Could you just start by telling us a little bit about his his early life because he uh, experienced a conversion um that was that was very profound
0: yeah very much you know he he, his father was a a cloth merchant and very wealthy he actually was uh, baptized john giovanna giovanni and uh when his father came back from france he loved the french so much that he renamed him francis the frenchman Um, (laughs) yeah right the french one yeah so um so he had, you know, he grew up in that wealth and so, you know, pampered and a good life. And, and, uh, he went off, he wanted to be a knight. He wanted to be knighted and he, you know, he just wanted to be the knight in shining armor. And he went off, uh, to war against Perugia and he got captured and, and almost a year that he was jailed and, you know, just really tough conditions in the jail then. But it gave him a lot of time to think and begin his conversion. And on the way back, he, um, was at a river, you know, taking some rest. And our Lord said to him, Francis, Francis, who's greater, the master or the servant? And he said, of course, the master. And he said, why are you serving the servant? And so that continued his conversion. And then, uh, you know, so it's Francis's conversion was kind of gradual and, and deepened more and more. And he, he heard, he, he uh, went into San Damiano Church, which was in ruins. There wasn't even a roof on it. And the image of the San Damiano cross, our Lord spoke to him through that. He said, Francis, look around. My church is in re- ruins. Rebuild my church. And so he physically rebuilt San Damiano, San Pietro, and the Portiuncola, the little portion, Our Lady, Queen of the Angels, uh, by hand, because that's what he thought originally what our Lord meant, but our Lord meant more than that, obviously. But it's kind of neat that he built, you know, or rebuilt these churches by hand, these teeny little churches. And then he encountered a... Uh, he encountered a, a leper and he would he was very repulsed by leprosy. He would give donations to them, but he'd have his servant do it. he wouldn't do it directly. and when he encountered one once he actually went up to him embraced him and kissed him and and that really sealed his total conversion He, be, he began to live with the lepers and take care of them and then he and then he uh, just uh, renounced all of his wealth, even his own father he said my father's in heaven." And so, uh, this this is how he you know, he began to beg, and he was rejected by the people at first. But then he began to see his his holiness of life, right.
1: Well, we're going to step aside for just a moment here, and on the other side of the break, we'll continue to learn about the beautiful life of St. Francis of Assisi and how our guest, uh, Father Joseph Christensen, is trying to uh, live out those uh, Franciscan charisms in his own uh, particular manifestation of that call. So, Father Leffer and Father Gross are with you here on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back after this.
3: Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells Saint Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Hi, this
0: is Dr. Ryan Sapo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live.
1: Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network welcome back to real presence live or welcome in case you happen to just be joining us father Jason Leffer is joining me father James gross from our Grand Forks studio and we are also joined by father Joseph Christensen uh, Franciscan uh, priest within our, in, working and living within our diocese um, at the bottom of the hour we will begin our straight talk segment and we always like to prime the pump a little bit by inviting people uh, to consider what questions they may have to offer uh, to to try to either try to stump us or to uh, uh uh, find out what we think about certain important topics related to the faith and the church. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is that number. You can also submit questions on the Facebook page for Real Presence Live. So when we uh, stepped away, we were talking about uh, Saint Francis of Assisi in terms of his conversion, and um, let's just try to put a bow on that. Uh, in, in those early days when he uh, committed himself to a, a radical lifestyle, one of the interesting parts of the story is um St. Claire and uh also her sister who uh both uh came to join him and uh it, it always interests me with the, the courage that they had and the um the resistance that they faced and and their ability to uh to push back against that in order to uh dive into that deep relationship with Christ and to have St. Francis uh you know model them so could you just tell us a little bit about that chapter of his life
0: well, St. Saint, uh, Saint Claire was also uh, a wealthy uh, gal from, from Assisi, and of course her parents would want marriage for her. She didn't. When she heard St. Francis preach, she was really drawn and taken by that. And so she actually ran away and met up with the Friars uh, in the little chapel on, uh, on Palm Sunday, 12-12, the year twelve twelve. And actually the sign was given her that morning. She was at Palm Sunday Mass, and the bishop left the sanctuary, which in the old rite, you're never allowed to do, short of some huge emergency, uh, emergency. <laughs> but he left the, the sanctuary and walked up to St. Clair and gave her a palm, which is just extremely unusual, and she took, that was a sign, I don't know what she prayed or whatever, but that she took that as a sign from God that she was to follow our Lord through uh through St. Francis. And so that night she ran off and received the habit and had her hair cut by St. Francis. And he, he put her in the Benedictine convent. Her family uh, tried to give you know, her to be formed originally before he set her up at San Damiano's, which she spent the rest of her life yeah. as the abbess there.
1: And but uh, her
0: family tried to come and take her away, and she was like a rock. They couldn't move her.
1: Right. She became immovable like a stone uh, like a stone pillar so uh Francis of assisi uh died at the age of forty four in the year twelve twenty six and it's just remarkable to see the impact that he had and continues to have in the church today now Father leffer you were going to um i think you were you're going to ask about some of the um uh the, 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 the spiritual impacts of the life of saint Francis correct
2: well sure yeah you know um i like if if there's such a thing as a average Catholic out there, or you're kind of Catholic just about in the world. And when, when you think of St. Francis here about, you usually think of uh, a, a bird bath. You know, a statue of Saint Francis holding a bird bath and there's birds on his shoulder and squirrels on his feet. And I think that's because of um he's known as the one who uh loves all of God's creation and he and even the canticle of the sun that he does and, you know, praising all things worship God and all creation worships God. And I don't want to undervalue that in any way. But sometimes I think just personally, I think in in some ways we we kinda of demean him a little I don't know if that's the right word, but just personally, it feels like we demean him a little bit when we say, like, oh, he's the saint of the animals, when he has this incredible, deep, Eucharistic um, uh, value to him and expression, even to the point of the stigmata. Could you you talk about that part of his expression of spirituality a little bit, just that whole Eucharistic value that he is?
0: Sure, and I think what maybe you're trying to say, not to put words in your mouth, but just, yes, that's one aspect of the animals, but the animals led to God or reflected God. And so it, everything, all creation, led him closer to God and praised God for it and thanked God. You know, so it didn't just stop with the animals, though they're cute or whatever, but it was l- leading him to God. And the animals were attracted to him, they really were, because he was so filled with the love of God, the charity of God and joy. And you, and you see St. Francis, you know, doing so much penance, you know, fasting 280 days of the year and so forth. But he was filled with great joy, you know, running through the woods, playing a fake uh, a violin made of two sticks. Or, you know, he had great joy. He had great compassion. He was very balanced. You know, if, if the friars need a need a, a breviary to pray the office, then they should have one, even though they're supposed to own nothing. If they need a tool for uh, working in the garden, uh, then they should have it. If they need a, a mantle in the mountains preaching in Germany, then they should have it. It's a very, very practical. And and very compassionate. But, um, yeah, he had a great love for the Holy Eucharist. Uh, you know, his own words in, in his letter to all the faithful before he died, you know, that, um, that we should, that, uh, Christ was born for us and should offer himself by shedding his blood as a sacrifice and victim on the altar of the cross. The sacrifice was not for himself, but for our Mm -hmm. sins, thus leaving us an example. He loved the Eucharist. He's the one who composed the prayer. We adore thee, O most holy Lord Jesus Christ, here in all thy churches throughout the whole world, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. So connecting the cross, the crucifixion, uh, to the unbloody sacrifice uh, uh, of the Eucharist, uh, you know, that Christ is present with us in the flesh, here and now. Why why,
2: why was he ordained a deacon but never a priest?
0: A lot of people uh, misstate that. They think that he was, uh, you know, anti-clericalism. It wasn't. He was humble, and he didn't want any more honors. You know, he didn't want honors just for that sake. Uh, But the Church at the time, especially because of uh, the roving uh, preachers and especially those communities or people that were heretics, the Church then began to require you have to be at least a deacon to preach, and that he wanted to preach the Word, the Gospel. And so he became a deacon, but he didn't become a priest because uh, he didn't have to in order to preach, he just wanted to do what was necessary and obey the Church. So he became a deacon so he could preach. Uh, and so that's that's what he did. It wasn't that he was against priests, he loved priests. You know, he said we should have the greatest respect for them, and I love his line, uh, We must also fast and abstain from vices and sins, and from excess in food and drink, and be Catholic. <laughs> this is in the, the letter to the faithful, uh, which is so awesome. And he continues in there, um, have reverence for clerics uh, even though they be sinners not, but but because of the office they hold and because of the ministry of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ which they offer in the altar which they receive and administer to others and so he saw that so important, they, they administer the Eucharist and also he states about them forgiving our sins we must have the greatest respect he said if there was an angel and a priest to go through a door I would hold the door for the priest first because he offers us the Eucharist and forgives our sins.
2: So did, did he actually receive the stigmata, or what's the story of that? And what is the stigmata, if, the, if he did?
0: Two, two years. So he received the five wounds of Christ, the two hands, two feet, and his side. And this was two years before he died in 1224. He went on retreat up on Mount Elverno, uh, Laverno, and um, well, it, it, somewhere around, we celebrate on September uh, 17th, as Franciscans, sometimes around around the time of the uh, exaltation of the Holy Cross, that our Lord came to him in flight as a six-winged seraph, but in a cruciform, cruciform, you know, with, uh, like on the crucifix, but with the six wings of a seraph in quick flight, and he was taken up in that. Uh, he had great joy in seeing that vision, but also great deep sorrow because he saw that our Lord was suffering for our sins, and he had conversation with our Lord that was never recorded. What that was but a very profound experience that after that vision, St. Francis had the five wounds, and he suffered that the rest of his life. The nail had the nail stuck out of the top of his hands and his feet, and even in his feet, the nails were bent over. And so every step would be excruciatingly painful for the next two years of his life. So he, he suffered greatly. He identified with Christ greatly. And really, really he had already offered his life uh, to Christ so much so that Christ really crowned his life by allowing him to have the stigmata. Mm-hmm. He's the first. He's the first saint we know in history of the Church that has the stigmata, and it. it's first depicted in painting of him in the Basilica of Saint Francis in Assisi.
1: Okay. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left here, Father, so um, as we kind of wrap up our conversation with you, are there any other uh, particular uh, charisms uh, regarding the life of St. Francis that you find um, essential to um, reflect somehow to those uh, whom you meet who may not be familiar at all with, uh, with the legacy of his life?
0: Sure. You know, St. Francis, He, you go to the hermitage above Assisi on the top of the mountain, He laid on a rock. He slept on a rock. You know, he did great penances, the fasting, uh, in other ways that he he denied himself. But he was very charitable to his brothers. One of the brothers cried out one night in the middle of the night, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. It's like, get a torch. What's going on? I'm dying of hunger. So he woke up, all the brothers, he had them prepare a meal, and they all ate the meal together so that that brother wouldn't be embarrassed. And another time, there's a sick friar, and he thought, oh, if if this friar has some grapes, he'll regain his health. So early in the morning went and got him some grapes and brought the brother away from the others so he wouldn't be embarrassed that he got to eat some grapes and not fast. And the brother was cured by that. You know, he, he had great compassion. And so our our penances should always lead to charity. You should always lead to charity. And our, our whole goal of every single thing we do, prayer, penance, charity, is is union with God, union with God. You know mm-hmm. that's really Saint Teresa's message here today too, and she quotes Saint Francis, that that Saint Anthony, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. That's that's what they attain: is this unity through Christ, the humanity of Christ, the mm-hmm. unity with God. And so, uh, mm-hmm. to practice charity, to be joyful in, in the Lord. And again, Saint Teresa said is, she doesn't like sullen saints.
1: <laughs> yeah. and
0: uh, you know, yes, penance is important, prayer is important, but again, it should all lead to that union with God.
1: Well, Father Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today, and blessings to you and your continued ministry in our midst.
0: Thank you very much, Father. I appreciate that.
1: All All right. right. Well, thank you very much, Father. Up next, get your questions ready and be sure to join the discussion. Straight Talk is coming to you on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Please stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live.